0: I am your (laughs) host. Here, with my brother Eric. You like that one? No, that one's a fun one. I don't even know if it's gonna pick it up, honestly. Honestly, what I was trying to do was like, like you're, like we're in a helicopter, and I'm jumping out of the helicopter. I don't really care. Did it come across that way? No, I.
1: Honestly, I just hear just like childish gibberish when you do it. That's fine with me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that, it. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of that's kind of what I'm going for most of the time. You ever been
1: in a helicopter? <laughs> yes, you haven't. I know. You, you, but you didn't see outside. You only saw the roof of the helicopter. I was in the helicopter because you <laughs> broke your neck on a chair. <laughs> We've <laughs> shared that story before. But you did not actually break your neck. Yeah. You were a baby. Yeah, I just pulled
0: a few ligaments or something like that.
1: <laughs> uh, you also got staples in your head once because seven of them. Because um, when we're in a band. Our guitar player flipped his guitar around like really cool and he got too close to you and it sliced your head. Hit you <laughs> right the top of the head. I remember playing and I watched it and I saw it happen. I was like, oh, gosh. And you just kind of put your hand on your head really quick and looked at your hand was like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I guess he's fine. So I kept rocking out and then <laughs> Shane just kept rocking and then he did it again and he moved his hand back and it was just you were just covered in blood. Covered in blood. But, oh, I'm good. to yeah. <laughs> and then I he passed out on stage. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like
0: completely go out. I just, had, I just didn't have any more strength to like <laughs> and, stand. And our lead singer turned around and was like, who spilled grape juice on the floor? <laughs> it was just blood everywhere. Because <laughs> head wounds, if you don't know this, head wounds bleed like crazy. And that's why. We actually have that on video. Mom does.
1: Yeah. We should try to get it and upload it to YouTube or something. Yeah. Yeah. Where I, is it? It's, like, I know mom it's has like, it. it.
0: It's like a hard copy. It's you know it's like back before iPhones and stuff like that. Yeah, it was
1: it's it's like we had a uh, a video cam camera. Recorder, yeah, yeah, but it was, it recorded DVDs. Yeah, not VHSs. Mm-hmm. But I don't, anyways, <laughs> hey. Um. So today, the I'm excited for the topic we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Um. We had this idea a little while ago, and. We um, pulled some of our pastor friends because we have, there's a gang of pastors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. get together. A gaggle. Yeah, we. Uh, <laughs> when we were asking them questions, like, hey, you, you asked your your cross, mine, and like, there were like 10 people we could yeah. ask each. Because
0: when you're a pastor, you have pastor friends.
1: Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, right? Yeah. If you're a plumber, you probably have plumber friends. Do you? No, I probably don't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know? Like if you're a plumber, do you have any yeah, friends of plumbers? Yeah, <laughs> uh, But. Um, so, uh, here's the, here's the question that we were kind of wrestling with. And it's something I've been thinking about since being in the role that I've been in. I've been a pastor for a while, but I've been a lead pastor. We planted church, uh, impact a year ago, but even before then I was a lead pastor, just we weren't officially launched yet. Um, so we're thinking about some of the hard parts of being a pastor. And I know for me, there are things that have been, I've learned that that's pretty hard in this role that our congregation, I, I would never tell them. And I know every pastor has that. So here's what we thought we would do today. We would talk about what your pastor, assuming that you, most people listen to this are, are Christians, they're church what your pastor wishes you knew about yeah. them, but they could never tell you. Now here's the hard part for us. Yeah. Is that we're going to tell you some of our things and we know people from our church listen. Yes. So, uh, if you are part of impact or if you're part of city on the hill, um, the people that I know listen mm-hmm. from our church, I'm not talking about them for yeah. sure. Um, and I don't want you to think like I'm complaining and like, I want you to do something because you heard it. Um, and Shane, I assume you, you think the same way when it yeah. comes to your sitting people. Yeah. And most likely the things that we feel at times um, aren't even real or are, aren't even truth. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. most likely, at least for me, it's my own insecurity that right. I have that I feel this way sometimes. And even if people don't mean for it to feel this way, that's how I feel. Yeah. But I do think this would be a super beneficial conversation for everybody to know here's what your pastor could struggle with at times or most likely does struggle with at times. And I think it's important for everyone to know that. Well
0: and for for you and I too, just as a disclaimer, is that we have worked in a few different ministry settings. Yeah. So so what what we talk about may not necessarily be about our specific church that we are in now, I'm I'm looking at my whole. I, I mean, I've been in ministry now for uh, 13, 12, 13 years. So it, it's 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 just from my experience, and you've been in ministry a long time yeah. at different churches. Yeah. So it, it we're not like I'm not trying to communicate something with a particular person in mind. Yeah. Me I'm not like oh I hope this person's listening right now. Like I am. I'm just trying to communicate sometimes the struggle of being a pastor and the things that if you are not a pastor, you may not realize and you, and you may not know re- really even happens. And we don't expect you to Yeah, because you're not, you're not in our shoes. Yeah.
1: So, so, but it's important for you to know. Yeah. And I think it's important for you to understand it. And there's a whole different dynamic on the mm-hmm. opposite side for what people would like their pastors. Yeah, to probably know which absolutely. we could probably do that one day, um, but we're pastors. So we're just going to talk about it and we're just going to be honest mm-hmm. and Vulnerable, not in the hopes of anyone from our church changing things, yeah. <laughs> just yeah.
0: or making people feel bad yeah. or anything like that. It's
1: just to like let people know. Um, so, uh, do you want me to go first? Yeah, sure. Okay, because I because I was I've been thinking about this for a while, but um, one thing that really started right away that you just started to naturally flow into is in when you're in a pastor role, you are called to pastor people. You you're called to shepherd them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're called to the congregation that you have to like care about them, Mm -hmm. to check in on them, to do all, all the things that we're called to do. Right. Um, and so, and I like doing that. I like getting caught with people. I like going out with couples. I like doing that. Um, but what starts to happen for me at times, at least how I feel, and I don't even know if it's accurate, but this is how I feel at times. I feel like I'm constantly pouring in to other people and not always getting it back. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, Yeah. Like, uh, at times throughout my entire pastoral career, I have gone out with couples. I have gone out with people. I've gotten coffee with people. I've, I've invested into them and time after time, after time, invest into them. And then eventually they leave. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, just say, so you no, know, we're leaving going to the big church. street. it's like, mm-hmm. and it's not a, like, I want you to go where you're going to grow. But at times it's like, man, I put so much, I poured so much mm-hmm. of myself mm-hmm. into you you just to dismiss it and go like and for i don't know why this can happen but i at times it feels like when i'm doing that they're receiving it as well that's your job and that's Mm -hmm. what i want you to do where what i want people to know is when i'm doing that i'm doing it like it's it's giving part of me yeah and i am i I am a pastor and i do have that role but at the same time like i i need people checking in on me (laughs) like i there are times where i'm like man i wish Someone would check te- te- me te- text me every once I'll be like, "Hey, how are things going? My staff are really good at that. Yeah. They're really good at at check especially if something's going wrong and <laughs> like things that we didn't like we're about to move again like when we were figuring all that out, my staff was like, "Hey, are you okay?" because mm-hmm. they knew it was falling on me and I'm like, "Yeah I'm fine, but um just other people that I uh, feel like I'm constantly reaching out and maybe some of that is because uh, it's people that I think are are not connected and I'm trying to get them to stay which might also be a, a, a my thing yeah. um, but it's just I constantly feel like at times that I'm pouring out to people and I'm not necessarily getting a lot yeah. of it in return yeah they it didn't feel
0: that way it is like really discouraging when you feel like you you are have gone above and beyond to work with a particular person or a couple or whatever it may be and then all of a sudden it's just like okay now we're now we're going to the mega church. Mm. It's like, oh, like, uh, do you? And 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 it's great. There's nothing wrong with going to a, with going to a big church or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But like in in our particular settings, being church plants, you know, it's we we need people, and mm-hmm. we're trying hard to because, it, and it's not all about numbers, and that's a whole other topic. But and that might be one of my answers, and to that's it. part of it. <laughs> yeah. But like, it is just kind of discouraging where it's like, oh, like you. You can make, you can have such a big impact in this setting and can change a lot of things compared to going to the mega church that already has thousands of people going to it. Like, it's great that you're going there, but think about what you could do in this smaller setting in this church with the people around. I I don't know. It's just all those things that go into it. And it could be discouraging. That could be a
1: podcast in in, of itself. Yeah. Because I've struggled with. I get when people go to this bigger church. Sometimes people go to those churches because um, it's easy just to, you just want to go and get lost. And yeah. And, as in just like, just go and experience church and not have to worry about stuff. Yeah, something. I get that. And I get that, especially if you had a long season or you mm-hmm. got burned by it. I a hundred percent get that. And, or, and I get where you want to go and you're surrounded by community. That's your age. And if you're at a church that like, mm-hmm. there's no one your age, you want to go to someplace there is, you want to find that proper community. I get that too. But there are church MVPs what I call them. Yeah. There are people that when they enter your church, when they decide to be part of it and serve, mm-hmm. your church is 10 times better because of it. Mm-hmm. And I get frustrated when those people go to a church that doesn't need it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I get frustrated when it's like, man, if you went to this church and you serve the way you do, like mm-hmm. God has gifted you in such a way that, that you can, that church will be a t- hundred times better because you attend it, yeah. and the other church won't even notice. Right, right. Like that's the difference. Yeah, and um, and it's not about one person, but I do get frustrated with that part. It's like, mm-hmm. man, if, if if you knew yeah. how big of a difference you're making here, right, like. Right don't take it to the church that doesn't need it. Like yeah. they can buy someone, they can pay someone to do that. They yeah. already do. Yeah. So um, that's not saying you, sh- you can't go to a bigger church mm-hmm. and that's speaking from a church that needs the people. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so we yeah. have a little bias on that, but yeah, well, that's and, gotten some mm-hmm. of mine.
0: Well, and adding on to, to, to your whole thing too, is like, uh, you know, the pastor's time, it is hard because this is our job, but our job isn't necessarily like measurable. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I wish that, I had a job where it was like, okay, just do X Y and Z and check off these boxes and then I did my job that week. Mm-hmm. But it's like it, it's not it, it it we don't there isn't any way to really effectively do that in our position. And so a lot of times people can really abuse the pastor's time because they mm-hmm. think, oh well, this is what you do. This is this is your job. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard to describe what a pastor does throughout the week mm-hmm. because it's different every week. And it depends on what's going on, and it depends on what crisis comes up, and these sort of things. But it, it, it can frustrate me when I feel like I meet with um, people over and over and over again, and and it's like, man, they there is no real intent on from from these people to actually change what's going on in their life. Mm-hmm. They just want to come and complain, and and it's not necessarily about the pastor or the church. Just like sometimes, and sometimes people just need an ear to, for uh, people to listen. But other times people are like, my life is falling apart. This is happening. Our marriage is falling apart. Over and over and over. Mm -hmm. And 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 we can sit, not just myself, but like pastors can sit down with those people and walk through. Okay, here's some things that you should think about. Here's some things you should try. Here's some ways you should handle it. And then I meet with them again, and it's like none, none of that happened. And it's just the same things over and over and over and over and over again. And that's part of life. So I I'm not trying to sound like – I don't know. This is really difficult to talk about because I'm not trying <laughs> to sound like bitter or anything like that. yeah, we're just being honest. We're being honest. And there are times where I feel like I have met with so-and-so for however long, and mm-hmm. we have not made any progress. Yeah. And maybe there is, and I just haven't seen it. There's times where you feel like – all they want is for you to come so they can dump on you.
2: Yes. And they don't actually want to do That's any what of the I work mean. when they go home.
0: Right, right. There's no intention of actually fixing anything or working on anything. They just want to go, bleh. And yeah. just, I mean, just think about a friend. Like right. if Everyone's listening that. If you're not in a pastoral, think of a friend that all they
1: want to do every month is meet with you to crap on you with all their stuff. And right. you give them all this advice, and you come back the next month, and they don't take any of your advice. They just crap on it again. Right, right. You're going to get frustrated. Mm-hmm. Now put a title to it and – a belief that that well that's your job so you have to do it right put that on it and it's like you're not respecting my time right right because i'm all i'm the same way i'm all for meeting with people i love meeting with people Mm -hmm. i don't feel like i waste my time when i'm that's that's one of my favorite parts of being a pastor and this this another thing goes on it i i'm more than fine if people would ask me to meet i feel like i'm always asking people to meet with me Mm -hmm. like hey i just want to check in with you i think how are things going hey i just want to double date with you and your I would love if right. people ask me on a double date yeah. or ask me to go. Right. Like I'm cool. It's people have, yeah. but not nearly as much as I've asked other people. Yeah. But it is. We only have so much time. Mm-hmm. I'll piggyback on the time thing. One thing that, and this is maybe because I'm an Enneagram three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, explain
0: what a three is, Shane. You you read
1: the book. <laughs> a three is <laughs> all see, about. See if you're
0: right. A three is all about success and the appearance of success. So they're fake. They're no, fake people. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, yeah. it's all about- Chris Hurts got mad at you, <laughs> when, you know. when you made fun of me for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, he did. <laughs> uh, but it's all about y- you want to to look like you have everything all, as it, working well and that you're thriving even when you're not. And you will also adapt to any situation. And sometimes it's fake is not the right word, but you can make yourself whoever you need to be to impress the, the ma- people that are around and you. And to maximize that opportunity. Right. And I care about
1: authenticity the most, but that, what you just said, is very inauthentic, yes. right? Yeah. So it's all about the mode. Uh, the more I learn about the Enneagram, the more it's about your motivations. Mm-hmm. The Enneagram type three, their motivation is to be seen, mm-hmm. and that's not a good motivation, right? So you have to check yourself. That's why, yeah. that's what's important. Here's how I know I'm a three, by the way. Um, when I found out I was a three, I was like, doesn't everyone want to be a three? <laughs> 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 that's how I knew I was a three. I was like, yeah. I mean, I'm sure everybody does. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, what was I going with this? I had a point. I don't know. Okay, here it is. I, I remember. Um, there are times where I feel like because I only have so much time, and mm-hmm. when you're a pastor, you you're, your hours are flexible, which is a great blessing that we have, right? And a curse. Yeah. It's so flexible that if someone needs to get picked up from school, I'm there. If if I need to go meet with anyone, I'm, I'm there. Um, but because I'm a three, and this is all my insecurity. It's actually, is nobody else. It's just me. I always feel like I'm not doing enough. I always mm-hmm. feel like I'm not working hard enough. I feel that way. I always feel like I'm not putting enough hours in. That if if people, I feel like if someone looked at my schedule all week and and tracked what I did all week, they'd be like, "You're this isn't working. You're doing all this other stuff." Yeah. I told uh uh our our mentor Ken uh, Balch about this, and he said, "I want you to track your hours just for a week because you're probably working more than you think. You just yeah. are naturally starting to think that uh, I'm not working enough because I." pick up the kids because of this. And I did. And I, and I worked 50 hours a <laughs> week, <laughs> and I think I don't work enough. Yeah, And that's, man, there's so many stories of pastors getting burned out. Why? Because I'm working 50 hours a week and yeah. I feel like I'm not working enough. Right. And I'm letting my church down and my, and the success of my church is riding on my shoulders, which yeah. is not true, but that's, it is how I feel. And it's how a lot of pastors feel mm-hmm. that, if we have a low numbers because I am not doing well, I need to work harder. That's what any company you think that if your company's not doing well, I got to work harder. Yeah. And it's just not true. Like right, right. most pastors work 50, 50 to 60 hours a week. And that's not good. Yeah. I just did the math and it's I, expected. Yeah. It's expected. Um, and a lot of it is on you. Like, like no one told me I, no one's ever thought about what, how much I work. Yeah. I guarantee you no one's thought the thoughts that I think they think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just looked back last week i preached at your church mm-hmm. but the week before that counting back i preached 13 weeks in a row mm-hmm. at at our church mm-hmm. so at our church for th- for over th- at 13 weeks is insanely yeah. long and you're a terrible preacher <laughs> <laughs> but some of that is because I feel like, well, I don't want to let our church down. Yeah. I want to make sure they're getting good preaching and I'm confident in my preaching. I don't want to just grab anybody and mm-hmm. have them preach, but that's, that's on me. So yeah. that's putting extra weight on me that I can't put on people. And so when I do pour out on people, it's only so much time. And when I don't get anything in return, it's like, Oh, just emptying myself for nothing. Right. right.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. So, well, let me get to to, to the one, the, the main point that I had of what, of what I want the church to know about pastors is that for me, a lot of times, the hardest part is the handling of emotions in the midst of tragedy in other people's lives and in my life sometimes. Mm-hmm. But like one of the what I've discovered, and I've talked with with other pastors about this too, about I, I did like how do you handle this? Is like being in the hospital room of some, anybody who's dying, and the family that's around and supporting that family, and being the calming presence. And I've been in many hospital rooms of a young person dying and like the weight of that as the pastor where everybody is distraught and everybody is broken. And I myself am also feeling those things. And it doesn't mean that I can't show emotions. It doesn't mean that I can't cry or anything like that. But part of the role of the pastor is to be that calming presence in the midst of just tragedy for everybody And there, I can't tell you, there've been plenty of times where I've been in one of those situations. And then when I, whenever I leave, I go and I get in my car and just break down. Like you just, the emotions of it all just weighs on you. And it's like, I'm not that long ago, something happened. and, And I came and I remember getting in the car and just crying the whole way home. And then coming home and wanting to be like, Okay, let me put on a strong face for my wife, not that she asked me to, Mm -hmm. and my kids and my family, and let me go be dad and let me go be the husband. And I walk in and this and thank goodness that Lauren obviously can tell and knows. And and then so she talks to me and she's like, Are you okay? And I break down again, like those things where and then and then you gotta get up and preach the next day. Yeah. And then you gotta go do a wedding. And then, and then you got to go and do whatever else is on the agenda. You know what I mean? Like, and you're expected to just go about and nobody asks you this again. This is just, this is all on our, on it's us. all on it's us. We're putting it on us. Yeah. And people are, no one's to okay. blame for this. Nobody's to blame. And there've been times where I've cried in a sermon talking about some yeah. of these things. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Like it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. Um, and, uh, but it's just the whirlwind of emotions going from, I I mean, not long ago, I did a funeral in the morning and a wedding in the afternoon, like going from death to life and life to death and good to bad and happy and sad. It's, it can be exhausting. And most people don't even know that you're doing that because it's in the context of that particular situation. Mm -hmm. So like when I did the wedding that afternoon. People didn't know I was just at a funeral. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah. so they expect me to be a certain way as they should. Mm-hmm. And the people where I'm doing a funeral, they don't know I'm doing a wedding that afternoon. So it's like, you know, it's just, it's just, well, think of it this way, a wide range, a lot of people, the
1: most important day or the most, um, not even necessarily important life changing day mm-hmm. of their life that you are at is a Wednesday for you.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's
1: just another, it's just a work day. Right. The, uh, someone's wedding, the most important day of their life, how many weddings have you done?
0: I can't even count.
1: So I've done a ton of weddings. Funeral? How many? You've done a ton of funerals? Not a
0: ton, but I've d- not as many weddings, but I've yeah. done funerals, yeah.
1: Hospital visits. Mm-hmm. We've done countless hospital visits yeah. of people passing away, dying. And it, and it does change, and it affects us. Yeah, But it sticks part, with you. But that's just part of our week. Like, that's yeah. just part of, of work where for that person, that w- it's their whole life. So um, it, that's a lot of just pressure mm-hmm. that comes. And I've had the same story where, I remember uh, a student, of ours years 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 ago that ended up passing away and i remember i was calling a bunch of people letting them know about Mm -hmm. it i was uh having a conversation didn't cry at all then i got home and right i got home eric was like hey so how are you doing and boom yeah done i was done right like because i held it in all day because you have to be the common presence yeah and you cry a lot easier than i do so like (laughs) so and i'm pretty gonna hold it in so i was holding it in until she said you're right. And then boom, yeah. I finally, it just flooded out. Right. right. Um, because I was trying to hold all in and, and a lot of people can have these stories, but that's just some of the pressures that I think is automatically yeah. put on. And this is just you and me. Uh-huh. And none of this is anyone's fault, but our own most likely. Yeah. None of this is, this might not even be accurate. Honestly, mm-hmm. it might just be our perception of how things are happening. Right. is how we feel just at certain moments. But um, we didn't want to just say yeah. what in our perspective and what we thought. So we wanted to ask some other pastor friends of ours. Cause we mm-hmm. have a, have a gaggle of friends <laughs> that are pastors so why don't we take a break and let's come back and we're just going to read to you some of the things that our friends told us our yeah. our friends that are lead pastors or associate pastors told us how they feel at times and we're not going to say their names we're going to keep it keep it private in case any of the from the church are listening and so that way you can we can get to some different wide range let's take a quick break and we'll get back
2: Hey everybody, it's Zach from Citizens. One problem that's continuously plagued us as a band is that we actually have too many fans. And so one of the things that we're trying to do this fall is go on tour because once you hear us live, you probably will never listen to us again. If you live in or near Des Moines, Minneapolis, Chicago, Milwaukee, Fort Wayne, Totowa New Jersey, Washington, D.C., Lynchburg, Virginia, Greenville, South Carolina, Knoxville, Tennessee, and Nashville, Tennessee, please go To wearecitizens.net, get your tickets. We just put out a new record called Fear, and there's more coming. Whatever it takes to get you to stop listening. have the best fans in the world, but one band can't have all the best fans. So we got to get rid of a few, which is why we're bringing along with us Ghost Ship, The Eagle and Child, and Ally Page. Because once you listen to all of us, you'll probably never listen to music again. Go to wearecitizens.net and get your tickets today. <laughs>
1: I like that like fun episode. This is not like the the funniest episode I've ever. Heard. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, but it's I kind of make it get all up in my feels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think it's it's a good one to do. But yeah, yeah. Man, so, I just want to have. You're a seven. You just want to have know, fun. this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> this is reaching your heart center. You don't want to do that. Oh, I'm feeling like a four. <laughs> Anyways,
0: um, uh, so Eric and I both reached out to To a bunch of our, our people that we know who are pastors, and we're not going to share their names because we wanted them to be able to be honest and authentic, and uh, and we got a lot of really good feedback as to mm-hmm. what people, uh, how people felt, and some things that they wanted to to get across. Um, so we're just going to read some. And then we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it, um, but, uh, but we have a decent amount, so we're going to want to kind of move forward with them. And um, we've, we received a lot of things that are very similar too. Yeah. So um, here's, here's one from, from a friend of ours that says, I wish that congregations knew how hard it is for pastors to set boundaries. I think if they knew, they may not try to push pastors as much to do things. I also wish congregations knew how lonely it can be to be a pastor. It's hard for pastors to find and keep friends because of the standards that people hold pastors to. You can't really make best friends in your own congregation.
1: The that lonely part, we—that's a theme. Almost, Almost
0: everybody said that.
1: Yes, that it's lonely. That, and I know why it feels lonely because mm-hmm. um, there's times when you disconnect people, and they always—they either expect something from you, or they think you're trying to get something from them. Yeah, right, like. Well, if I connect with you, then you're gonna start coming, you're gonna start tithing, you're gonna start right. serving. And that's and or that's what I think they think. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah, it yeah. might they might not even think. Yeah. So it creates this weird mm-hmm. boundary. Plus, if you are open and vulnerable and you act unpastorally yeah. to someone that you're supposed to be pastoring, mm-hmm. then there's a big worry. So what what do we do? You mm-hmm. build a wall and pretend to be the pastor at all times, which yeah. is exhausting. Yeah. And so it makes it I think sometimes that loneliness is because of us mm-hmm, actually mm-hmm. it's because we're building those walls and we're trying to protect ourselves and because of pain we've felt in the past. Yeah too.
0: And sometimes it's hard to like be completely yourself all the time around people because they're like like this person said, we are held to higher standards and biblically we're held to higher standards. Yes. So that that is a fair thing to do, but then sometimes it's like, oh no, I don't wanna like do anything or say anything or or do anything that like turn somebody off from the church or it, there, there is a lot of pressure in those sort of relationships, but that there were multiple people who said it is just, it can be very lonely. And, um, and my best friends or our best friends. Um, I have very good friends in the church, but really like my core group of friends are made up of almost, almost everybody who are outside of church, because sometimes I need to just go and just be Shane. And not and not be Pastor Shane yeah. or anything like that. Um, yeah. So that's very common. We are lucky that we
1: have a good group of friends. Yeah. But I I know many pastors that mm-hmm. don't have a huge group of friends outside of their church. Yeah.
0: Because maybe they move to the area and they don't yeah. know anybody else
1: or anything. And like that. and you're just constantly around church people. Yeah. And so when you are constantly pouring into people and you're not feeling that back, it can be so lonely. Mm-hmm. We are lucky where I'm. I get my. I have people that pour into me that aren't necessarily good about our church yeah. because there's my friends and I yeah. can just be who I am. And I'm lucky to have that, but not all, but most pastors don't have yeah.
0: that. But that's because we are pastoring in the area that we grew up in. Yes. So we have our family if around. Moved, if we, if I moved to a different city, I would be in that position where it's like, man, this is just lonely. Yeah. Um, all right, here's another one. Um, this is a kind of a quick one,
1: uh, from a good friend of ours, uh, that I don't, that, I don't really know what I'm doing most of the time, but I'm expected <laughs> to show confidence. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. That is so true
1: <laughs> because there's so many hats you have to wear. Yeah. And it's not a good look as the lead pastor be like, Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so you, and and I know who this is. There are three, mm-hmm. and this is what threes do. <laughs> threes need to make sure that everyone thinks they know what they're doing, yeah. even if they don't. And it's a sign. We think of it almost as a sign of weakness if they don't. So I do, all the time I'm like I'm gonna fake it till I make it. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah. I'm gonna pretend like I know when I have no
0: clue. Yeah. There and and it is a scary and an unsettling feeling when you are like pastoring and somebody asks you something and you don't know the answer to it or you. Or forgot or whatever it may be yeah it's like oh crap oh crap oh crap uh let, let me let me put something together really quick and mm-hmm. it's it's an unsettling feeling because you don't want you don't want people to think that you don't have confidence yeah it's it's challenging so here's another one i think this is this is the, this is a really good they're all really good yeah they i they, we got great responses yeah. on this talking about the congregation they have the power to break their pastor's hearts and an equal power to encourage and embolden them to keep on serving in a role that's hard, exhilarating, and tedious all at the same time. That's some good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because it, 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 it like there are times where my heart just breaks over something that happens with an individual, whether it's directed at me or not. Mm-hmm. But it's we are so invested in the lives of the people at our church and beyond that. Your heart breaks when things happen in people's lives or when people do things that hurt you. Mm-hmm. You can hurt your pastor yeah very easily
1: yeah um, all right let's go to the next one yeah um yeah, this one put wrote two of them. That there are times that the stress stresses and pressures of bearing their needs make me wish I could do something or anything else, oh. <laughs> which is true. Yeah. Um, and and then they also said uh, that we really are human and have times where we just need to take off our pastoral hat and be real. Yeah, which is true. Which is why I it's important for pastors to connect with other pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I, they're the nice thing about the role that we're in is we have a tight knit where it's like I can, there's pastor I can call and I know that I can say and do whatever, do certain things I could not do around my church because they know what yeah. I'm going through and they, they know the struggles it. of it. So yeah. So it's important to know that you, if you're in a congregation, you know that mm-hmm. they are just humans there are times they just wish they could just be themselves and be real. Right. But they're
0: again, that's that wall they're putting up that, that face mm-hmm. they're putting up. Well, and with our schedules, it's, it, it's good and bad. Because we do have a flexible schedule, as you talked about, and so a lot of times people will, like make fun of us, and and it's and it's not a good joke. It doesn't bother me, I, but like people will be like, "Oh, you can you have the pastor schedule. You can do this when you want, do that when you want." And we do have the ability to like go to our kids' practices or games or whatever activity, and like we can move things around. Or your job can be going to Kings Dominion with the students. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like that could be your job. That's why I wanted to be a pastor. Right, right. So I yeah, wanted to go pastor. to Kings Dominion yeah. for free. <laughs> but then on the flip side you're never off the clock. Like there are times where I'm like, man, I wish I had a nine to five job where when I came home, I was home. And when I was at work, I was at work. Like it it can be exhausting where there are so many times where I'm about ready to climb into bed and I get a text message and I have to go like that happens. Yeah. And, and like that, that aspect of it is, or, or just a phone call or a text message. And then you have to get back into work at 1030 at night. Mm -hmm. Like, there are times where I'm like, I just want a job where I go to work and I come home from work. There are things that I try to do though, to because that
1: is true. But there are things that I try to do to protect. Like if I'm out on a date with Absolutely. Erica, yeah, then I don't care what the call is, unless you're dying, right? Or you're gonna kill yourself, then yeah. I'll come, right? But like if it's just like things are not okay, can this can this be yep. a tomorrow problem? Because I'm with my wife and I'm not willing to sacrifice my wife's time. Mm-hmm for this. I'm not, she's my priority over, I'm not going to sacrifice yeah. my marriage
0: shelter or ministry.
1: So that's one thing. That-
0: yeah, that's absolutely true. But it's, there are also times where it's like, I have to drop what I'm doing and go and go and do yes. this. So here's another one. Um, the congregation holds too much power. They can leave, take their money, take their volunteering, and I can't do anything about it. It turns me and other pastors into a hospitality manager. I can't confront people's politics, life choices, rhythms, beliefs, and it be taken as good faith pastoral care. It makes me a liberal or mean. I truly am unsure of people if people want to live like Jesus and learn the heart of Jesus, or if they just want Jesus to make life as full of joyous adventure as possible with a cushy afterlife to follow. If I try to confront or redirect, I'm afraid they will just leave and make my job more difficult. Jeez. That's, that's heavy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and entirely accurate. Yes. And, but some of that
1: goes with the pressure that we're putting on ourselves, mm-hmm. that we have a certain size church, yeah, or because we want people to serve not so we can build a better organization, but we truly believe mm-hmm. that it's better for you yes. in your life to put other people first through serving. Yeah, um, shocker, wa- this person's another three. They are three. <laughs> um, we want people to give not because they just we just want their money, yeah, but because we truly believe mm-hmm. that when you give first you're building generosity you're breaking the chains of greed in your heart mm-hmm. that's why we also give yeah to absolutely you know what i mean we don't just we don't just tell everyone want to give we don't do it we do the same thing everything we tell you we say you should be doing we should be doing as yeah. well so we're not just we're not preaching at you and like so we can get this stuff mm-hmm. so i i i feel that way too but there's people's like well if i don't balance around them mm-hmm. or don't push them too hard yeah then then they'll stay but the second i do they're gone
0: yeah i don't want to break them yeah and you're held hostage yeah
1: I mean, I refuse to be held hostage. I I agree. Like, there's people that have tried to, and I said, "Then go." Yeah. Like, I'm not worried about it because right. because you're gonna leave eventually, anyways. Right. Um. But it always hurts when people decide to leave your church for whatever reason, even when they leave for a good reason. Mm-hmm. Like, if if you move, it's one thing because you move. But yeah. if I've had people that say, "Hey, I just want to go help this church," mm-hmm. um, do it like with like a new church plant, and it still hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and I, and like, and, <laughs> was I not good enough? Yeah. And we <laughs> ask people to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And,
1: when people do it again, I'm always like, "Well, but yeah. we still need you." Is it on me? And that's that's again for us threes or and most people, it's it's a selfish thing. Well, yeah. it's got because of me, and sometimes that has nothing to do with you. So it we do want people to actually follow Jesus yeah. and not just get the good parts of it and mm-hmm. take the heaven part and not be willing to die, die, die to your cross or carry your cross. Yeah. So it's.
0: Well, how many times I, I I don't know if you've dealt with this, but I've had peop, some people say to me like. Uh, I've been tithing for two months and and I haven't gotten anything. <laughs> I've literally heard that. And I'm like I've never heard that. Yeah, like I that is a conversation I've had with people. It's yeah. like, well, other people get blessed and I've I've been tithing for a couple months now. I haven't seen any return on that. Yeah. And I'm like It's your heart. I and that's 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 when people want Jesus to make their life full of joyous adventure as possible. Like like what this person was saying and not living like Jesus to learn the heart of Jesus. Yeah. That's, that's where the difference is. And Jesus also, guess what? Jesus knows that. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's a, here's another go. And this one's very different.
1: Um, and I, I love this response. It says the constant demand for shepherds and preachers to be CEOs and business builders oh. contributes to the decline of the church as a whole. It perpetuates the burnout of pastors of the flock and invites those who have business aspirations to fill a role meant to be filled by a shepherd. Oh, <laughs> that's a, uh, that's a, that's a really good response. Wow, I love that response. So it, for, so people, cause it's hard cause we're in a role. You kind of got to do a lot of everything. Mm-hmm. So what, especially we've talked about this with church planning, church planning can bring the egomaniacs and, uh, people that love themselves, the self-promoters into a role because they're really good at building a business and it becomes a business and mm-hmm. then that's bad for the congregation. It's bad for the church as a whole because they don't know how to shepherd. But then the people that are really good at pastoring and shepherding, yeah, don't necessarily, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're good at the business part of it. So then the church declines, the organization isn't as big as you want it to be mm-hmm. and then people see that as a failure yeah, because you're good at the pastoral shepherd role mm-hmm. and not as good as the business role and it creates our Church planning culture has created this dynamic and this like void that either you suck in the people that are really good at making a lot of money on the church but terrible at shepherding or really good at shepherding and mm-hmm. not so good at building a bigger church. Yeah. And it creates a weird void that what what this person said is what they believe is the decline
0: of why the church is declining as a whole. Because con- congregational vitality is not determined by the size of the church, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the health of the church is determined by the, the health of the people. And if sometimes we get that that business entrepreneurial, I, I know I've learned that <laughs> entrepreneurial. <laughs> I know, I you're know. so smart. Yeah, um, aspect in there, and we're not focused on the health of people. We're focused on the numbers of the church. But it's still good to have a little bit of Absolutely. that. Absolutely, I was a business, but it's, it's a like, balance. It's
1: balancing that. All right, I got a, another one, um, and this person even said, "Like you can say my name, I don't care. I'm a <laughs> book, but I'm still not going to." Um, <laughs> If they want to, they can share it and say they said it. But um, here's one of their responses. And and I have two more. Uh, So I'll do one. You do a couple. Then I'll do the last one. And these are both pretty deep. Um, So I think these are important to say. So I'm just going to – here's the first one. Um, I wish people knew just how much this job impacts me and my family on a personal level. When people stop showing up, it hurts. When people don't take next steps, it hurts. When people make comments about what they don't like about the church but still stick around – it hurts, uh, man. I've I can mm-hmm. s- I've had a million of those, and when I say it hurts, it hurts on a deep soul level because we change our entire life to share Jesus with people. This isn't a career. This isn't a hobby. It isn't even something we do for fun. Although there is some fun involved, we did we did this so that people could experience the grace and truth of Jesus, and we would give everything we can to make this happen. So when people say no, it hurts. Mm.
0: Oh, baby. Yeah, I mean, that... This is some good stuff. It's true.
1: I mean, it's... I've... You've you've been hurt. I've been hurt in this role. Yeah. And and even the the one comment when people tell you all the things that are... They don't like about it and stay. It's like, man, if I had a dime every time. Yeah. (laughs) People complain to me about what they don't like. Yeah, yeah. And then... Or they don't want to be part of the solution. They just want me to fix it for Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. Um, But all that stuff... and And they even said the family thing. We haven't touched much on family. Yeah. But I can tell and this com- comes back on me too. I can tell how much this weighs on my wife. Mm-hmm. And then my kids are young, but when they get older how much is going to I've heard you've heard so not easy being a kid. pastor's kid. So all that stuff it gets weighed on. So at times I know when people say stuff about me yeah um and don't like th- some things I did that it I might hear it and eh, I don't I care but I don't care a whole lot, but if she hears it, it hurts her even more. Right, right. And when people drop out of stuff, it hurts me and it kills her. So then at times, what do I? What do we do? Mm-hmm. I don't want her to know because then I don't want her to, to to have to go through that pain. I'll just go through this pain again by myself. Yeah. There's a the loneliness part again. Yeah. So I've I've had so many times where it's like people just, hey, just so you know, this is the last time I'm I'm serving the kids. Yep. Okay. Cool. I'll yeah. get it figured out. Hey, just so you know, um this role that I've been doing for a long time, um this is my last week. Okay. Guess who has to now do all that? Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. yeah. And and I'm already busy enough. I already have enough. And now it's because we already a, talked
0: about the amount of hours that we're putting yeah. putting in a week and this is our job yeah so so we're not complaining about that like we want to preface this, that this is not complaining it's just people don't often know what goes into actually being a pastor and yep. this is this is to give insight
1: yeah I mean it, when stuff falls when people stop doing stuff mm-hmm. someone has to pick up the slack yeah and but when you're serving in the mentality of well I'm helping you and I'm, or I'm helping this church and not serving. as that I'm serving Jesus by doing this? Mm-hmm. That's the difference. So when that's your mentality, you're going to eventually quit, and then you quit with no notice, and then and then someone's like, "Well, I guess I got to figure this out." and yeah. That's another weight that just falls on you, and it and that hurts when that happens, and, and you can't even yeah. say anything. You just go, "Yeah, okay."
0: And that's when it becomes overwhelming. Yeah,
1: I have so many people that have quit on me, and I just go, "Okay, yeah." And I just, even though in my inside, I'm like hurt by it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And oh I yeah. Pe- with it. People quit on quit on us. Weekly, yeah, I mean, it's like all the time, and
1: I get with some people, like, and I've had people that have dropped out in a great way, Mm -hmm. as in, like, hey, just so you know, like, uh, in a couple months, this is happening, that's the way to do it. I'm having a kid in a couple months, right? I need to step back, and I go, yep, I fully get it, do your thing. Thank you for the notice. It's when people say, hey, just so you know, this is my last two weeks of doing this role that I've been doing for a
0: while, and oftentimes they're doing that out of spite, yeah, and like, because, because, and and we've been taught by our parents at a young age. Like if you make a commitment to something, then be committed to it. I remember not wanting to do soccer for so long. Yeah. And we signed up and
1: said, like, no, you're going to practice.
0: Yeah. I like, I yeah. don't want to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that, it, it wasn't an option. And I'm not saying that if you do something, if you commit something, then you're stuck with it forever. But what I am saying is there is a way to gracefully leave something. Yes. And on a Sunday morning or or the day or shooting, shooting a text or whatever it may be and just being like, hey, I'm done with this it's like that is not the graceful way to do it and that is a stressful way to do it for the pastors who then have to pick up pick up the slack. You
1: mean if you understand that you're serving the Lord mm-hmm. by doing what you're doing at church, right? You might yeah. feel like you're just hanging out with kids, but you're 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 showing Jesus that you care and you're serving right. by putting other people's first through kids. If you understand that and understand how much responsibility is there, if you have to step away, yeah, you will do it in a way that isn't just like dumping it it's like i i'm sorry this is happening Mm -hmm. we gotta do this but if you don't understand that and you think you're doing us a favor yeah then you're going to treat it like it's a favor and you're not going to realize the impact it has on us and most people treat it like a favor oh yeah Yeah. i would a lot of them so when they drop it it's like hey just so you know we're done
0: yeah and and you can't be mad because i did a favor for you yeah i mean like this was not for me yeah. This is for I the ministry people, of Jesus Christ that you are called to do. I have
1: had people say to me, you know what, then I won't do that
0: anymore. Yeah. Like threaten me. And I say, then don't. And yeah. r- once they say
1: that, i in my head I'm like, you are done. Yeah. Cause I'm not because you're going to do this eventually and it's going to uh-huh. follow me. You're done
0: now. And gonna, that's getting back to being held hostage. Yes. It's like I, I agree. But especially when it comes to serving, nobody's going to hold me hostage. And if and if and if I am concerned to talk to you about something because you're going to just up and quit on me, then I'm removing you before that even happens. Yes because I, I that that isn't a healthy way to go back
1: but again all of that that we just said, mm-hmm. even though we just put it on a front, you saw how like quick oh you're done then yeah that still hurts oh it hurt still <laughs> hurts and that's a little defense mechanism that we do okay, then fine you're done yeah because we're protecting ourselves but in the end of the day it still affects us and affects our family yeah
0: all right so this is this is a really good one because this comes from from a pastor that s- sits down with other pastors and counsels them so he said th- this is a common theme from what he has seen from, from other pastors and what they have communicated to him. A lot of things that we've already talked about that I'm not going to repeat, like for just, for example, what I was talking about going from wedding to funeral, all the different emotions involved. He, he, he touched on that, but we've already, we've already touched on that. Um, he said that creating boundaries for a pastor can be viewed by others within the church as rude, impersonal, and distant. There are some people in our congregations that we have, that we have to, Put boundaries around that relationship, yeah, because it brings us down. Yes, or it hurts us, or it's difficult for us, and or whatever it may be, or it's just not appropriate mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, like we have to do that. And if you, as a pastor, if we get a weird or uncomfortable feeling about a relationship with another person, then we have to put boundaries up. Uh-huh. And the other person may not always understand that, um, and they can view it as. Rude or distant. I mean, but it is what. it is. And at the end of the
1: day, the if everyone is only connected with the one pastor, the lead pastor, then that's a it's a, it's a you're gonna fail because what if that pastor leaves and the church is done? Yeah, uh, you've seen that. happen. That's not a healthy. That's church. why there should be a culture and a group of people that are constantly trying to pastor, mm-hmm. even if they're not even staff. Yep, leaders and different volunteers. So when you have that uncomfortable feeling, you have to create a boundary. They're not just lost in the shuffle because you one person had a. there's somebody else you connect with that you don't all have to connect with the one pastor and that's the feeling that sometimes you you feel like well i want to connect with the head guy and or the head girl and it's like yeah but we we can only connect with so many (laughs) people and we have to set boundaries so you need to be we need to be a family and connect with other people
0: yeah um another one that he said it's unrealistic for the congregation to assume that a pastor can be effective and skilled at every job within the church Yes, that's really. We don't really need to touch more on that. That's just very true. Um, it's okay to have a bad day. That's always important <laughs> for people to realize. Um, uh, had a bad day. <laughs> then then a bad day. Day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That for many it is impossible to separate home life from church life, and it's difficult not to take things personal when people leave the church and we're not viewed as as effective. We talked a little bit about that. We just talked about that a little bit. So last one, and then this touches on a personal story that you have from another pastor. Yes, pastors struggle with loss and often are unable to have time to grieve. They get one, maybe two times a share, a heartbreak on Sunday morning, but after that, it's old news. But just us, like people don't expect pastors to deal with grieving and deal with difficult things that everybody else does. Yeah. So you and you have a a, a personal story from yeah. somebody that that touches. Uh, yeah, I'll right share on it
1: in this. a second. But even touching on that, it's like how many times have I told? Like I've told a story of like some of the hardest moments of my life. Mm-hmm. Once I tell that, I feel like I have to put it away. Yeah, because I told it. Yeah, I don't want people to get bored with the story. Right. Oh, we okay, heard this. We it. know what happened. It's like okay, you should be like so. Then it feels like okay, I need to be over it now. Yeah, because I told the story. I ex- told my experience. I need no one wants to hear me just complain on stage. Right. So I'm gonna put it away. And that's what it creates. It's like, well, I'm gonna put this away. Yeah. Um, and then this is gonna be the last one we we share. Um, and this one, I think, it was a good way to end it, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the second thing is that we don't have any friends because people don't treat us like we are human. Last week, my uncle died of a of a stroke. He actually drank himself to death. All the while, my wife was leaving town to go to her brother's wedding that I wasn't able to get to because of church. I had to cancel some plans and actually shared with the person about what was going on in my life. And his response was, thanks for the heads up. Oh my. Not, God. not, I'm so sorry you're going through that. Not, how can I help you this week? Nothing. It was a really sad reminder during a hard week that people don't care about us unless we are giving ourselves to them. It makes this job very lonely, but we power through because Jesus' message is worth the pain and loneliness.
0: So, yeah, that's pretty uh, That is that sad is sad story, right? Totally heartbreaking. Like, can you can you imagine, just put yourself in his shoes, not as a pastor, not as anybody else. This heartbreak is happening in your life, and you open up and share it with somebody, and they say, thanks for the heads up. Oh, my. <sighs>
1: and it all comes back to the, the role that you're in and how
0: people mm-hmm. tend to see you. Yeah, because pastors are people. <laughs> I mean, it's... We, we have the same feelings and emotions as everybody else, and I know that everybody knows that, but people don't always act like that. Yes. So um, we know that this was
1: just the, the one side, and yeah. I think it's important for some of this stuff to be said, and I, I'm really happy we did it this way, and mm-hmm. I'm really happy we heard from other people to get different perspectives. Yeah. And there's a whole thing, and maybe one day we'll do it. There's a whole another side where yeah. it's like where the congregations wish the pastors knew. Yes. Yeah, um, that'd be great to do. So we can do that but um so we're not doing saying all this for to make anyone feel bad mm. this I just think it's important for you to be aware if you're listening you are not a pastor and mm-hmm. you just attend a church and you just are, are following Jesus and you have that person you're thinking about just be aware of this yeah what we talked about is what they're going through yeah yep. and whether it's mm-hmm. fair or not whether it's their fault or someone else's fault it doesn't matter
0: this is their feelings this is how they feel mm-hmm. right now so I think yeah. it's important to know yeah. that, and uh, and and this this all can sound kind of self serving because we are pastors, mm-hmm. but um uh, but we're speaking on behalf of other pastors as well, and uh, we know what it takes to do the job that we do, and and it's a lot. Not that anybody else's job is less work. Yeah, it's it's everybody works hard. We're not trying to diminish other people's jobs or positions. Everybody works hard, but October is Pastor Appreciation Month. And I feel comfortable saying this because my church actually does a really good job of showing that they appreciate me. Uh-huh. uh throughout the year and also it during this month um uh my, my good friend Tim Weslow makes me makes Lauren and I a, a big ice cream cake that is the best ice cream cake you will ever have every I love October. ice cream <laughs> cake I have, I'll <laughs> let you try some of it you can't have I, I don't often like telling people that I have it in my freezer <laughs> because I want to eat it all I promise and Lauren the same she said don't tell people we have this that <laughs> I just announced it That's on selfish. the podcast yeah, the, the I earned it the NY is going to come in droves yeah. to your front door but it is Pastor Appreciation Month. So show your pastor that, that, that you appreciate them. I'm not saying you have to buy them anything. Just drop them a note. Yeah. And just say, hey, I love you and I appreciate all that you've done in my life. This is not to get stuff or anything like that. This is just to pick your pastor up because I don't need a gift card. It's great. It's nice. I'm not saying you can't give me a gift card. But yeah. I don't I don't need a gift card. It's more important to me for people to just say, thank you for all that you do. Yeah. And thank you for being there for me. And I love being a part of this community. Yeah. That goes so far. And oftentimes people don't even think to tell their pastor that. Yeah. So this week, I mean, right now your that podcast is over. You have no
1: other podcast you listen to. It's the only one you listen to. <laughs> so when this is done, whatever, whoever your pastor is, shoot him a text right now. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it won't take much. And that little gesture uh-huh. will go a long way with your Promise pastor. You. Yeah. It, like it can make and break their day. Just hearing from somebody out of the blue, just like it does if you hear from somebody out of the blue. Um, Hearing from somebody like, man, someone does appreciate everything I'm trying to do. And we're not doing it Mm -hmm. for the appreciation. We're not doing it for the gratitude. We're doing it for for Jesus. And that's even what this last person said. The message of Jesus is that that important, that powerful. But those things help us keep going when we feel lonely. I've had times where I've read over texts people have sent me Mm -hmm. when I felt like no one cared about me in my church. I've done that. So it's important. We're human just like you need it. We all need it. So take this time. This podcast is about to end. Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, We're not going to do any funny song or any Shane dumb slap of animals' butt. (laughs) It's a serious episode. (laughs) So when this ends, and you hear hear (laughs) Topper's smooth voice at the end telling you to subscribe and to give us five stars, which you should also be doing. Okay? actually you know what stop this when it's over. <laughs> give us five stars you haven't subscribe um go to all of our pages yeah. um and then send your pastor a text or an email let them know i'm telling you they will go yeah. a long way so thanks for listening to a great episode of not your mom's christian podcast see, ya! <laughs> see you later